Hi, I'm Joe Ciarella Sweetman. This is a podcast for creatives, entrepreneurs, adventurers, and travelers. Living life in an exciting way, where remarkable women living off the beaten path share their stories of resilience, courage, and hope. Check it out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. I believe you are the creator of your life. Don't you deserve to overcome your childhood trauma and take back control of your life? I know how painful it can be to feel disconnected from yourself, your friends, family, and the world. I would like to introduce you to the Illuminate Your Life membership. I help ambitious women dealing with childhood trauma and stressors to feel confidence in their own skin so that they can live life more fearlessly with less anxiety and move out of their comfort zone to embody the commitment of healing and love they've made to themselves. I do this by taking you through proven techniques and practices to connect with your body on a deeper level. Are you ready to feel connected to yourself and others? Feel compassion for yourself. Let go of self-judgment and start showing appreciation. Learn to deal with your anxiety and feel connected. You're in luck. In a couple months, I'll be launching the Eliminate Your Life membership. This tribe will have determined, motivated, passionate women who want to better their state of mind, learn how to deal with their past traumas, and see and evaluate how it shows up for them. No more fake it till you make it in this community. We will practice it until we embody it. Join the waitlist today at backroadscoaching.com slash illuminate your life. By signing up today, you will get more information and a free audio centering practice to start connecting with your higher self today. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the Backroads Podcast, where we talk about living life fearlessly off the beaten path. Today on the show, we have Dana Humphrey. She is a life coach for LGBTQ and embracing your codependency, and she is also a death doula. Welcome to the show, Dana. It's nice to have you. Hey, thanks so much, Josie. Please tell us more about you. Sure. Well, I am originally from California, and I moved to New York about 12 years ago. And I used to be heavily involved in public relations in the pet industry. And over the years of, you know, just helping a lot of other businesses make a lot of money and get the word out about their products, I've come to a point in my life where I've kind of rediscovered what really matters and what's important to me. And that's really helping people. And I kind of had my own journey of recognizing my own codependency from my family patterns, as well as my relationships, um, which really came to head a couple of years ago when I got out of my last relationships, which I call my initiation. Uh, But that really put me on the path to learning about codependency. And um, and now, fast forward, um, I'm a life coach and a death doula. I'm also an author. I'm working on a book right now that should be launched uh, fairly soon. And I just love helping people, especially in the LGBTQ um, population, um, be listened to and seen and heard and help them with their life issues and achieve the life that they want to live and, and the life of their dreams. Yes, and people need that kind of help for sure. And you were talking a little bit about codependency. I would love to hear more. That is not a topic that I know much about, and I'm sure our listeners would also like to know a little more about that topic as well. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, at this point um, in, you know, 2020, I feel like everyone has a little bit of codependency going on. And it's a it's a word that I feel like is often taboo. It's something that we usually don't like to talk about as a society. But as it, the way that I saw it showing up in my own life was through um, people pleasing, um, perfectionism, you know, waiting for things to be perfect. Um, I'm an artist and a creator, but if, if perfectionism gets in the way, then nothing ever, you know, gets, gets released to the world. And I really believe everybody's an artist. Um, some other ways it shows up is, is, uh, being anxious or having anxiety, um, being needy, endlessly giving, you know, like, and, and in some way it's also like a form of manipulation, where and this is sometimes really hard to see you know it's our blind spot sometimes if 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 someone is um codependent often these are blind spots where it's you know just giving and giving and giving potentially to you know the wrong people hoping that they'll just give back in return one day but if you notice that you know you're pouring out all this energy and you're not being refilled that could be a sign um so it's understanding, you know, these patterns that are in our lives and recognizing some of the um, the signs that, that come up and just learning to have, you know, more compassion for ourselves so that we can yes. have more compassion with others and taking better care of ourselves so that we can be full and, you know, full and alive and full of all of our own good, juicy life force energy so we can share that with whoever else. Yes, absolutely. I was an avid people pleaser. That was how my childhood trauma showed up in my life. And I didn't know it at the time that I was putting myself in the back burner and putting everybody else first. But once I became aware that I was an avid people pleaser, and that was like the life changer, that was like the game changer for me, was just that awareness that I never even knew that was a thing for me. And so being able to shift that and give myself that compassion that you're talking about, and it's okay that it's, that's who I am, but knowing that it's okay now to put myself first. So I love that you're talking about how this can show up in anxiety and people pleasing and giving too much. Like these are just signs to gain awareness so you can show compassion for yourself. So I love that you're speaking on that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So with the um, with the codependency, so somebody gains that awareness, how then do they go to start to fix that in a sense or start to like embrace it? Right. Yes. Yes. I love that 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 course correction because you know as um, codependents we like to fix things. That's our favorite thing to do. Yes. 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 Control. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Control and fixing, right? It's like, I love you. You're perfect. Now change. Um, yeah, it, it, I think the awareness is the first thing. And it's, um, I think, a kind of an overarching thing that can help is like an external focus versus an internal focus, mm-hmm. you know, like something that I sometimes, um, and all of this is a practice, you know, it's not yes. like discovery. And then it's like, you know, you know, it's like, having the awareness and making it a practice. But one question that I like to ask myself sometimes if I'm in kind of like uh, potentially triggering situations is like, how do I feel? What do I need? Because hmm. that brings me back to myself versus getting lost and confused in the moment of like, 
okay, you know, my mom's here, my sister's here, my partner's here, my friend's here, and kind of getting lost in the dynamic sometimes. Um, it's like coming back to self. All right, what am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling like I want to leave or I want to self-soothe or I want to have some sugar or like, you know, maybe these go-to um, habits from the past? And how can I really figure out, okay, I know that person said something that hurt my feelings and maybe I just need to say that and that will, that brings it back to me and helps me stay in my own space and not in fix it mode of like, you shouldn't say that, right? Yeah. Because journal, that's like trying to fix how someone reacts to me, where it's like, if I know that someone just hurt my feelings, I can, that's what I own. That's my responsibility. That's my part of it. And, um, you know, being able to then being aware of what's happening, then you can kind of move through it. Yes. Um, so I think that's a, you know, and it, it, this is a little bit of a, it is a little bit of a complex topic. Um, but I feel like an internal focus versus an external is a really good way to kind of help start looking at it. Yes. And just asking yourself those questions that you were saying on how am I feeling right now? What do I need right now? Those simple questions will shift you from being in that heat of it, <laughs> heat of the moment. It gets you to step back a little bit, it sounds like. Yeah. Sometimes that's all we need is taking a pause, you know, and it's getting into this like respond versus reacting mode. When we're, when we have all this emotional, you know, uh, for not a better word baggage, you know, we have, we carry this emotional baggage with us. And so when something happens that our emotions get, you know, flared up and they want to like react and then mm -hmm. it's taking a pause and being understanding like, okay, what's happening right now? Oh, they said something that offended me or hurt me because I'm sensitive about whatever issue, weight, looks, whatever, you know, job, yes. you know, whatever the topic is. Um, okay, like now I can see how that's mine and take responsibility for that and not just go to blame like, oh, you're, you know, you're a bad person, whatever, whatever, because that's not going to really solve anything. No. Um, but, you know, if we stay in our own lane and um, kind of act from there and take a pause, you know, breathe, escalate, yes. <laughs> you know, something else that I like to do is a, is a hand scream. You know, it's like sometimes you just have to move the energy, like the energy is trapped and it could be really old, you know, it could be because someone called us lame when we were five and we held on to that and now it's like yes. being activated and maybe you just need to like move it out of your body so one one tool that I use a lot is the hand scream it's like just putting um, one palm in the other and putting it towards your face and just like screaming into your hand but I do it as a silent scream but it's, yeah. it's actually like you actually like are moving air through your body you move your hips a little bit like shake it out um, you could even just go to the bath, excuse yourself, go to the bathroom real quick, do a little hand scream, come back and, and, you know, then, you know, you don't have so many, maybe a explosive fight you have, yes. like, you're able to now actually talk to the person. Absolutely. I love that you said that that's a tool because shaking it out, even just shaking your hand or just taking that moment of pause to take a deep breath in and just let it out. Just like anything that just gets you out of that 
pressure moment, that reactive mode that you're talking about. And I love that. And it's a practice. It's something that you develop for yourself that works, that you use over and over again until it becomes second nature. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. So please tell us more about you, your personal life. <laughs> I would love to hear like your vision, your motivations for what you do. I, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, I've been, you know, the, for the last 12 years or so, I've been the pet lady and um, I have the trademark and I've done tons of different TV segments talking about tips and tricks for pet owners. And because I was um, doing that, I was really busy traveling a lot. And so during that time, I actually had no pets at all. And now I'm kind of like leaving this this role behind and moving into, you know, my life coaching and, and death doula work. And now I'm able to be at home and have time not traveling and rushing all over the place. So I actually just adopted two kittens. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> and I'm such like, I did not even see this coming. I'm such like the proud kitty mama, like they are my babies. And, um, I am having a lot of fun with them. It's my first time having cats. And I'm also really enjoying the um, kind of emotional, spiritual connection. You know, cats are really um, intuitive. And that's that's really cool, too. Yes, I think most animals have a little bit of intuition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do, too. We just, you know, with socialization, we, we, we block a lot of it. Yeah. Isn't that true? <laughs> um. I also, you know, I, I like to sing. Um, I love to dance. I'm, dancing is um, my, my medicine. It's really my medicine. And, you know, these last couple of months of COVID, it's, um, I've been dancing a lot less than I usually do. But um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little story. A friend of mine is, has started something in the park. It's called Distance. And basically, there's speakers in the middle and then there's, he sets up ropes with hula hoops that are six feet apart and everyone can join in the park for the dance in the hula hoops. So everyone's socially distancing with their masks on and it's like a new way to dance in this time. Wow. And it's, that makes me really happy. I love to dance and um, I really dance for myself. You know, it's really about moving, just moving stuff through my own body. Um, I also love to paint. I love to create. Um, and lately, the last year or so, I've been, um, I moved to the beach. I live in Rockaway Beach, New York. And um, I like to go for beach walks and collect driftwood. And I paint it and make them into magic wands. Wow. Yeah. So that's a new hobby of mine. That's my, my cat blesses them. She sleeps on them. <laughs> Gives them some little energetic protection. How did, you, how did you get this, like, inkling to start making magic wands? You know, I honestly, I don't remember. Like, um, oh, I, I, I'm in a group. Um, I'm in a group here called the Ladies of Business Rockaway. Um, and it's all different, uh, you know, female-owned business owners um, that live here on the peninsula. And we were planning an event um, called Eat, Play, Love. And we wanted to have um, 
like fun offerings for the community to come. And somehow I just, I wanted to make magic wands. That was what I was into. And, and so it, that event has happened. I made a bunch of wands. I sold out and wow. now making more. I've been making custom wands. Um, yeah, it's really fun. It's been really, really fun. I've, I add feathers and glitter and um, I've made some Christmas wands. I've made like some birthday wands. Um, my friend has a, two little girls. They each bought two from me. <laughs> oh. And it's just like a fun, uh, fun little creative thing I've been doing. And now, you know, in addition to the driftwood um, that I find on the beach, I've also been collecting sticks from different countries when I travel. So I have some wands that are made from sticks that I found in Mexico and in Guatemala. I have a friend that goes to Hawaii pretty often. So she's bringing me sticks back. Um, yeah. So it's become like a, quite a little like fun side, side hobby. Yes. And I love it because it's just so like random. It's something that I would have never thought that you would have said out of your mouth <laughs> that you collect driftwood and make wands. And I think that's such a fun thing too to collect when you go travel because it's so hard to decide what to collect when you travel because you don't want to accumulate too much stuff, but this is something that is free and something that you could use and be creative with. Yeah, exactly. You know, I like to bedazzle. I like to put, use nail polish on them. I use lots of different um, things to make them unique. To make them unique and beautiful. So you were talking a little bit about travel. I would love to hear more. Do you have any travel stories that stick out to you? Yes. Um, earlier this year in March, I was headed to Guatemala for um, a week-long retreat, which um, when I left on March 14th, the retreat was still happening. And by the time I got to Guatemala for the retreat, it was canceled. And instead of staying there for a week, I ended up staying there for three months. Wow. Um, so that was a big travel adventure this year. Um where I, I spent the first three months of COVID in, in Guatemala on the lake and um, ended up living with 11 other people that were in the same situation as me. They were from different countries. We'd all been you know headed there for this retreat and we ended up living together. And um, now I have this beautiful family of friends um, from that time. And um, during my time in Guatemala, I shaved my head. I used to have long brown hair and now I have a shaved head. So it's really been a year of transformation, but um, I, I usually, I do travel a lot. Um, I, I, it's part of my, it's part of my story. I mean, before I was even three years old, I'd been to 30 countries. Wow. So I, I think part of my, you know, mind, body, spirit is like, feels comfortable in motion. <laughs> I <You> can know, <laughs> relate. <laughs> air, no, I like to sleep on airplanes. I catch up on, you know, catch up on my sleep on there. It's um it's a very like natural place for me. Yes, yeah, so you've been over to th over 30 countries when you were did you say 3 years old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I've been over like 80 or something, but but so that was your family, like your mom and dad, were they big travelers too? I mean, my, 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 I'm, I'm Canadian and my family's Canadian and my parents both, um, grew up in small towns in Canada 
and then they got married and they moved. Um, basically, I was born and, and we moved to London, England. And so they were in Europe for the first time in their, their lives. And so, you know, they just, I think they just really took advantage of it. Um, you know, they, I don't know if they'd been to Europe before or not, but it wasn't like a usual place for them. And so, you know, we just, we would take trains, we would drive, we would fly. Um, but, you know, once you're already in the UK, it's easy to get to a lot of different countries from there. So I attribute some of that um, for that, but my parents are big travelers, you know, um, but they, they weren't raised that way. Um, it's something that they've, you know, kind of ch chosen to take on for themselves. And my dad's been to like uh, over 200 countries. I mean, so the travel bug is in your family. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. I just love that. So what does travel mean to you? I know you were saying it's like in your blood and you feel just like you have to be in movement. Um, you know, I think the really important thing about travel is, um, somehow it, it helps, um, my brain connect the dots between things like understanding patterns and like, um, our common humanity and like, you know, similarities. Like, I think that, you know, whenever I, I'm able to go to a new place, I'm able to relate it somehow in my you know, limited experience to a different experience that I've had. And I think it helps connect the dots that, you know, we're not so separate and we're not so different that we're, um, you know, there's, there's beautiful lakes in lots of different parts of the world. And um, yeah, I think I, it, it helps me have um, more of like a macro understanding of the planet um, I, for me, connecting the dots is the best way to explain it. It's like little light bulbs or sparks go off when I'm in a new place. And it's like almost like a deja vu experience from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I am. I feel that too. Feel like people like all over over the world are kind and giving and generous and are just living their lives the best they can too. That's the one thing that I've learned from traveling and that connection with people is just no matter where you are, that connection, we crave it and we need it. And I, yeah, I can relate to that. Absolutely. Yes. So uh, about, tell me a little bit more about your, um, I know earlier we we're talking about like manifestation and magic and all the other things that you're into. I would love to. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so something that I've been kind of studying for the last couple of years um, is ISTA, um, which is basically like sexual and shamanic training. And um, something that I've learned through my work there is about sex magic. And really, um, sex magic is such a beautiful thing. Um, I really use it f around um, masturbation or self-pleasure. Um, of just like thinking of an idea, thinking of what I want to create in my life, thinking of something I'd like to manifest or a dream that I'd like, and potentially writing it down or just kind of like keeping it in my mind as a meditation. And then maybe I'll, you know, self-pleasure, use my vibrator, whatever. And at that point of climax, you know, like really just focusing that, you know, that 
that life force energy into that idea or that dream. And um, I think that's also where like the magic wands come in. It's not to like, you know, it's not to play with them or use them in, in any sexual way, but just to like have it nearby or somehow blessing the, um, the action with that extra touch of magic um, to call it in. Um, I've also done it with a partner where, you know, it's like at that point of orgasm, just like really calling it in. It's also really powerful if um, you, your partner, you know, have a similar dream that you'd like to, to manifest um, and having that mutual kind of climax going towards this one idea. One of my teachers says there should be no wasted orgasms. And I really, you know, I really believe that's true, whether it's trying to manifest something for yourself or for the world or, you know, just using that, using that um, release to, you know, call in world peace or, you know, whatever, whatever you, you dream of. Um, it's a really fun, beautiful practice. And I've definitely seen um, many of my dreams um, come to fruition. Yes, this is amazing. This is something that I've actually never really heard anything about using your sexual pleasure as a way to manifest your dreams and goals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's also really important to um, to get into the feeling state. You know, it's one thing to, like, think we want something and another thing to actually, like, embody the feeling of having it. And I think that's a really important distinction of, um, you know – the universe kind of like can feel where we're at. And so if we're able to um, use that like really good, happy, positive feeling that we create when we do, um, you know, when we do have that kind of pleasure, I think it helps us access that feeling. Yes, because you're kind of already in a state of euphoricness. Yes. And so so that part of it is kind of taken care of. And then you go ahead and put that dream and wish out there, which you would never, I mean, I would never think to do during that time um, of release. And I feel like, yeah, only magic could happen because it's such a magical moment already. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just taking that magic moment and um, putting it like into a direction. Yes, I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that because i that's something that I'd never heard of before and I want to look more into this. Is this something that you teach or something that you're just learning for yourself? Um, you know, uh, when it comes to, um, you know, learning and teaching, you know, like I'm a professor, I'm a teacher. Um, I really believe that if, if someone knows like 10% more than you mm -hmm. doing that they can teach you something. Um, yes. You know, it's something that I have, I've, I've studied with other teachers. I'm, I'm definitely not a sex magic teacher, but um, I have studied it. I have explored it. I do practice it. And for someone that um, has never heard of it, I could probably teach them something, but yeah. there are definitely um, more, you know, more experts out there that I follow. And I like to, um, you know, do trainings with. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I definitely agree with that 
comment that you made. Um, a lot of times I think we feel like we have to be 100 steps in front in order to teach something. But what I've learned as being a teacher myself is that the more I learn, the more I teach because mm -hmm. I'm able to retain that information because I'm giving it away and it's an exchange. And so it stays with me. Yeah. And so I yeah. love that you said that. And that kind of ties back to how we started this conversation about the perfectionism. You know, it's like it, it, we're all learning. We're all like we're all teachers and we're all students all the time. And so, you know, and and what we learn, like it can shift and grow and change. And then we are teaching it in different ways. So, um, yeah, I like to I like to share everything that's exciting to me. <laughs> yes. And that, you know, that sometimes stays on similar topics for a long time and sometimes it shifts. Yes. And I love that you brought up perfectionism too, because that's a big one for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And I know that is one that's really hard to shake. You don't want to put it out there until it's 100%, but most of the time it will never be 100%. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So how can people start to get over that perfectionism a little bit? Am I allowed to swear on this show? <laughs> no. I've been trying to keep it clean. <laughs> you have to face your fears. Yeah, you just got to get over it. You just got to do it. You just yeah, got to do it. Yeah. Take action. Um, have a plan. Um, yeah, I mean... I'm facing, I'm facing that perfectionism dragon right now with writing this book. You know, it's like, I could see how if I don't, you know, I, I have certain deadlines in place and I can see how if I didn't have those, you know, it's like could never happen because I'm always working on it. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> There's always more to add or change or do, but it's like, at some point you have to just say, you know what, this is, um, you know, my, my crappy, my crappy rough draft, and I'm going to let it be edited and let it be rewritten from this point. And mm -hmm. I need a prequel and a sequel. That's fine. And, um, you know, and, and just go with it. Yes. How has that journey been writing a book? And what it's inspired a, you to write a book? It's an interesting process. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. And so I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm self-motivated. I'm a self-starter when it comes to working on my clients and my projects, you know, I'll wake up and do them somehow with the book. It's like, you know, the procrastination just really sets in, you know, I find all kinds of things that I want to cook and <laughs> clean <laughs> and like some other projects that I've been avoiding for years somehow are suddenly a priority. Um, so that's interesting to watch. And I, I've been talking to some friends of mine who are also um, more in the creative field. Um, they, two of them do video editing and they're like, yeah, that's, that pretty much describes my day. Yes. <laughs> like, okay. Yes. So, you know, it's, it, it's, I like to meditate. So I, I, I like to watch myself in the process too, where it's like, okay, like this is interesting. I want to make a huge chili right now because I'm avoiding writing chapter five. Um, 
and also just, you know, sometimes letting myself do that and sometimes just putting the butt glue into action and just getting over to that space. I find that's been really important. I do have a separate space where I work on the book that's, you know, there's less uh, distractions over there. (laughs) Yes. So making it a priority, you just kind of have to force yourself, it sounds like. To yeah. make it a priority, regardless of if your brain wants you to procrastinate. Yeah, exactly. And not letting that perfectionism get the best of you and saying that, you know what, this is going to be good enough for now. It's not perfect, but it's good enough for now. Yeah. 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 And so many people probably needed to hear that today because as an entrepreneur myself, the struggle is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What it's like you're working for somebody else or doing something for somebody else and creating for somebody else. For some reason, that motivation is so there. But then the moment it's for yourself and, yeah, why is that? That is so strange. Also, I think it also plays into, um, you know, exercising the no muscle, like being able to say no to things, um, you know, like I, because I live on the beach, you know, and the weather's still kind of nice. I struggle with, um, you know, people invite me to go on a, on a bike ride or go for a beach walk or, um, you know, just different kind of leisure activities when really, you know, maybe I've set aside five hours to work on my book. Um, and really instead of saying, oh yeah, I'm free. Like, (laughs) yeah, sure. I'm free. I want to go for outside. It's like really, you know, making those discernment decisions and saying, no, no, I'm actually busy. I can't do that. You know, I mean, yes. that's fun. Um, and really being able to say no to the fun activities. And, you know, that's a, you know, that's an ongoing practice for me too. <laughs> yes. And it is, it's a practice of overcoming that mindset of, I want to procrastinate because it'd be so easy to say yes <laughs> and get yeah. outside and get some fresh air and try to talk yourself oh, sure. into why it would be so good for you to get this little break. Oh, yeah. The justifications <laughs> are on, you know, I can, I, justifications. I can give you a whole book of those. You know? <laughs> yes, those come up very easy. You don't even really have to try hard for those to come up for me anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, is there anything else you would like to talk to our listeners about? Anything on your heart, on your mind? You know, I think that um, another, just one other practice that I do that I find really helpful in manifestation and magic is um, like writing down my perfect day hmm. and, and even perfect, you know, right. Or like my most excellent day. And like just having a vision for for what that is um, and really getting serious about it and really feeling into it and and like, you know, maybe meditating, creating some space, feeling into how I want my day to be. Um, and then you can then you can make moves to um, to manifest that or to make it happen. You know, I think a lot of times we limit ourselves with what we think is, you know, we should be doing or should be happening in our lives. And, um, you know, the world's our oyster. Let's be a shiny pearl. We can really Mm. live however we want to. And it's a gift and it's for us. 
Yes, and we get to be the co-creators of it. And I love that you said, like, make a make a list or make write it out what your perfect day looks like. That is something that we don't do. We don't even think about. Yeah. And it could be, you know, it can be really, really specific and it can be really vague. It depends, you know, how you want it to be. But um, again, it's kind of like having a roadmap or a GPS towards, um, you know, what you envision for yourself. Yes. And when you put it down on paper, magic happens. So it just comes yeah. with putting it in your mind and putting it out there and feeling that you deserve it, like we were talking about earlier. Yes, that's really important, too. Yeah, feeling like you deserve it and living as if. It's a hard one, <laughs> but it's worth practicing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, please tell us where we can get find you, where our listeners can get more information on you, get in contact with you, support you. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you can check out my website. It's um, DanaHumphrey.com. And I'm also all over social media on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And I'd love to connect with anyone. I'm also on LinkedIn. I love connecting on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, send me a message. Let me know that you heard this show and we can talk sex magic or whatever you want to manifest. Yes. And thank you so much for sharing with us these things that I, yeah, something new to dig into and learn about. And thank you for sharing with us about you and yourself and your story, because I think our stories definitely have the power to help others. And thank you so much for being on the Back Rose podcast. All right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Back Rose podcast. To learn more about your host, Josie Aurelis Sweetman, join her on Instagram at Josie Aurelis for daily inspiration. Or come be a part of the conversation of empowerment and positivity on the Backroads Coaching Facebook group. If this podcast resonates and inspired you, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and share this with a friend. Here's the Backroads theme song by Mike Kramer. I hope you have a beautiful week, friends. I would love to hear what you thought of this episode. All my life I've been walking on the paved roads Staying in the sun and away from the shadows Living between the lines Following the path everybody said Was the only one to travel Keeping home inside, afraid I otherwise might Get lost, go to pieces, and totally unravel Working hard to quiet a heart that's aching to be free And is always crying out to me Let's saying, take Let's take the back road Let's, see how, Let's see how things go Let's walk with the tin man, the lion and the scarecrow Let's leave the city and move to the village All it takes is a little bit of faith and courage Let's take the back roads